welcome back to the studio to uh, a regular guest. He's a partner at Mally & Co., uh, Gareth Abdenor. G'day, Gareth. Nice to see you, man. G'day, guys. It's, welcome back. It's, it's nice to be back. <laughs> Here we are, 2022. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this is our law corner, if you like, and uh, you're a, a, an employment specialist, Gareth. And... Uh, We'll start off with a, a question through text. When an employee is in isolation, because there's a lot of that going to be happening. Oh, there is. There um, is. Does their pay continue? Well, I, I guess my standard answer to all of these COVID questions today is likely to be, it really depends. Um, it depends on whether the person can still work, um, oh. whether the uh, company is going to make use of some of the financial support from the government. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there could be a situation where the person can work remotely and um, if they are isolating but they don't have symptoms, they're not feeling unwell, they can just open up the laptop, keep working, and then there would be no reason um, why they wouldn't continue getting paid. Obviously, if the person's unwell... Um, it's more likely that something like sick leave um, would come into play. Uh, but it, there's no easy answers with this COVID stuff. And, mm -hmm. and, and certainly uh, returning from leave, um, COVID seems to be pretty much the only thing that I'm dealing with now, like <laughs> yeah. a lot of employment lawyers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and everything seems simple on the face of it and, until you start picking at the threads. Mm. For those people who may not have much sick leave left and they're worried yeah. about, you know, if they get crook and they've got to take yep. uh, take their 14 days, can you ask your employer for an advancement of sick leave, if you, if you will? Yeah, you certainly can ask. Um, I often um, advise clients, uh, employer clients, to be very careful, though, about advancing too much leave, whether it's annual leave or sick leave, because we do often still have the situation where an employer has advanced a lot of leave, the person resigns from their job or they get fired from their job, uh, and, and good luck getting getting that leave back. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously if the person's been there for a while and there's a good trusting relationship, um, that's certainly something to be considered. Yeah. And what's the cap that people can have in terms of sick, uh, sick days? Does it cap out at a, a 20 days, is it? Um, I think that's right. Yes, with the with the change to ten days sick leave, I think um, I think the cap is twenty days. What does the cap mean? Uh, so that's the most amount of entitlement you can essentially have in your piggy bank. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Another te uh, question coming through on the text machine. Gareth um, says, "I work in a tech role where I can work remotely or alone thirty out of forty hours a week. The other ten hours necessitate being in rooms with other people. I'm also unvaccinated." Can my employer fire me on the basis of the 10 hours? Ivan from Blenheim. Yeah, potentially they can. Um, but again, just like I said before, uh, I can't give the answer based on that mm. because it, it really depends on uh, what are the other risk management um, options available during those 10 hours. Uh, is it possible to carve off those 10 hours and have someone else um, do those? Uh so, you know, employers and employees are under a lot of time pressure at the moment where um, the guidance from the government seems to be changing pretty much on a daily basis mm. and uh, you get pressure from your staff. Obviously, you've got legal obligations to provide a safe workplace, mm. uh, but what, how you do that isn't always obvious. 
Yeah. And so that's when you would hopefully negotiate with your employer or vice versa to try and reach a middle ground if you can. Oh, definitely. There's, there should always be consultation. And that's often where people get it wrong. They don't consult. So um, I would expect to see uh, a consultation process uh, between Ivan and his employer um, and most likely uh, a risk assessment. Uh, what are the risks? Um, you know, I, I feel for people who... Uh, for whatever reason, aren't vaccinated. But mm. the other thing we've got to keep in mind that uh, there's other staff in the workplace that need to be protected as well. Yeah. We've got someone who is unvaccinated, and uh, he says, it's a text here, uh, I work in excavation. Some clients have mandated that you have to be jabbed to get on site. So my boss has said that she will have to send me home, seeing as I can't get on site. Am I still entitled to be paid? Because there is work. But with that situation, I can't do it, says Jason. Well, at the risk of oversimplifying, um, this is one of those situations where uh, the employer could potentially have grounds to uh, make this person redundant because they can't carry out their job. A third party has said you have to be vaccinated to come on site. Um, And if you can't come on site because you're not vaccinated, you can't do the job. Uh, And that is one of the grounds that would potentially justify uh, termination of employment. Okay. All right. Look, uh, we'll take calls. We've got lots of texts coming through. If anyone wants to call uh, 0800 80 10 80, uh, we'll take those right now. We've got a text here that says, hi, guys. Uh, My teenage son works in a cafe and does eight hours for one day a week. He stands on his feet the whole time and is only begrudgingly given a five-minute break over the whole day. He's never been given a contract or any pay slips. I'm concerned that no KiwiSaver is paid and the employee employer is breaking the law. My teenager is afraid to speak out for fear of being sacked. What can we do? Yeah, this is, this is one of those situations that... Uh back in the dark ages of time when Mm -hmm. I worked hospitality was uh, pretty commonplace and you'd like to think that it doesn't happen anymore but occasionally it does. Um, Really he has to step up and he has to to ask and he can do this in a way that is uh, as non-confrontational as possible. Mm, That's a good one. Um, And you know I'm a big believer in why doesn't he drop his mum into it and say, um, you know, uh, my mum's helping me with with my finances, and and she needs um, a copy of my payslip. Can can you please give me a payslip? And and that's a good way to start. Okay. Um, of course, uh, a lot of employers still don't um, uh, realise that having a written employment agreement is a statutory requirement. Really? And if you don't have one for your employees, uh, you can be fined. Um, so, you know, if that employer is listening, um, they might want to get onto that. Yeah. Are you, are you serious that there are still some employers that don't realise they have to have an employee a contract? Yeah. Well, I think what often gets overlooked when we're talking about employment in New Zealand is we are a nation of small uh, mm-hmm. and medium enterprises, yep. and a lot of these businesses, you know. Let's say plumbing, for example, you'll have someone who does a plumbing apprenticeship. They're a very good plumber. Um, they they get more work than they can do themselves, and they might set up a small business and they'll take on staff. Mm. 
they've often got no training in being a manager, oh, no right. training in being an employer. Yeah. And um, they're often doing the best they can. They're working really long hours and, you know, they they don't do it the way that one of the big businesses in New Zealand with an HR department yeah. um, and, and several experts and a lawyer on tap would would do it. And mm. I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah, okay. yeah. Do you get do you get clients so who have set up businesses asking yeah, for your definitely. expertise to make sure they've got all their um, T's lined up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure do. Okay, there's a lesson for some people. Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, let's go to the phones now. Hello, Brent. Hey, how are you doing, you gentlemen? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. What's your question uh, for uh, Gary? My question is, uh, over Christmas there, I was paid a, a stat day, an extra stat day by mistake from our pay clerk, and uh, the way I found out about it was last week when I re- when I received my pay slip. I was deducted one day one day's pay without notice. Yeah, that's um, that's certainly not best practice, and I would be raising that with them. Um, technically, under the uh, legislation, before any deductions are made, um, your employer should get permission from you. Uh, sometimes yes. we do see clauses in employment agreements that um, purport to give that permission. Uh, but I would be raising it with them. Even if they uh, did that in good faith, um, it's not best practice, and um, I'm sure it was a bit of a shock to the system when you saw you had less money than you expected. Yes, uh, yes, it certainly was, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it was a c- couple of lads that worked, yeah, what sounds like I got overpaid by one step day and happened to them as well. Yeah. So I just, yeah, asked the question. Yeah, I mean, as I always say on the show, um, I would raise that, but I would do it in a way that's reasonably constructive. There's nothing worse than um, an, an employee that uh, kind of loses the moral high ground uh, through the way that they raise it with their employer. Mm. Oh, that's good, that's okay, good no. advice. Yeah, very good advice. No, no, thank you very much for that, gentlemen. Thanks, for right. Brent. Good luck. Okay. Uh, text here, Gareth. Uh, g'day, Gareth. I'm going to Australia in mid-March uh, by using annual leave up to three weeks. If I get a chance to get a good job there by passing the interview and if the company offers to join within three weeks after, what are the consequences for the current job for the notice period? It's a little bit convoluted, but I think what yeah. what, uh, what James <laughs> yep. is asking yep. there is yep. is there is there a set notice period you have to give your um, employer before you leave the job? Um, there is almost inevitably a notice period set out in the employment agreement, and um, often I talk with employees who who don't realise that that actually is a term of the contract, and if you don't give that notice, there can be uh, negative consequences. Yep. Now. Um, The flip side of that is sometimes I speak with employers who think that they can then deduct that amount of money from the employee if they don't give notice. Mm. It's not quite that simple. But if you think about it, if you run a catering business and your employee is the chef, you've booked in to do a wedding next weekend, um, the chef resigns, doesn't give notice, that's going to cost your business money and you can potentially recover those damages from that employee. Mm. So if you are going to go to Australia thinking that you're going to get another job, you might want to put a bit of thought into it because if that means you drop your current employer in it, um, they may come after you. Yeah, great. Okay, we're talking to Gareth Abdenor from uh, Mallion Co and uh, you can call us on 0800 80 1080. Text here from Ian, he says... And this is a very good question. Hi, Gareth. Accrued annual leave is paid out when you leave a place of work. What about accrued days in lieu? Wow. 
Um, yeah, that that is a really good question, and a lot of it depends on what we're talking about when we're talking about days in low. Um, you know, I actually had a file uh, dealing with this very issue a couple of days ago. Um, days in low is is one of those phrases that uh, sometimes we're talking about alternative holidays. Uh, so, for example, you work on a public holiday and then you get given an alternative holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, other times it's uh, some agreements have arrangements where if you work um, more than your standard hours, you, you get days in lieu. Uh, so if you have days in lieu, unless there is a term to the contrary in your contract, I would expect that when you leave that you would be paid those days out. Right, okay. Um, what about, good, that would be when, the standard situation. When you say alternative holidays, mm-hmm. does the employer determine that, that it is and when it is? Um, so the the legislation provides for uh, the alternative holiday. So right. the entitlement comes from the legislation, um, and my recollection is that the parties need to agree, agree. on the date. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you've obviously got to keep track of the days in lieu that you've got there. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, question on text. Hi, Gareth. With inflation at five point nine percent, are employees entitled to a five point nine percent salary increase? <laughs> All right. What's, what's, what's a polite way to say not only no, but hell no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think that sums that up. If you want 5.9% salary increase, you, you've got to do a damn good job to get that, I suppose. Yeah, I, I guess the other thing that gets overlooked is, you know, inflation affects employers as well. Mm. And the best way to justify a pay increase is to show that you're bringing in more uh, money or production for the business. You know, if if you want to take more out, what are you adding in? Mm, good advice. All right, another texter here. Hi, Gareth. I've been working casual retail work with the same place for well over a year now. When I was very unwell with a cold and unable to go in, I didn't get paid sick leave. Can they do that? Yeah, it really depends. Um, as, as we've seen over the last couple of years, every time casual employment comes up, um, you know, it's one of those terms that's bandied about without really thinking about what it means. Now, if this person is truly a casual employee, uh, then they're not entitled to sick leave generally. Uh, but if they have been working there for a year, uh, it prompts the question, are they truly casual or not? Mm-hmm. Great question here, Gareth says, G'day, Gareth. I am a manager of a branch and my 11-year-old contract says I have a restraint of trade of owning a business throughout New Zealand for 12 months. A lawyer has said it's not enforceable. The company wants to enforce at least six months. What can they do to stop me? What penalties? And can my annual leave be used as part of my notice period? Thanks from Mary. Hmm. Good question, Mary. And firstly, thank you very much for not asking a COVID question. <laughs> um, uh, so... If they can enforce the restraint, uh, they can do that through the courts and they can actually get an injunction mm. that, that prevents you from uh, doing the action that is prevented under the restraint. Right. Um, they can also seek costs against you, which can be substantial. So this is something to take seriously. And um, certainly it sounds like you are. You've, you've got a legal opinion and... If you're not really confident with that, you might want to look at getting another one because Mm. this is serious. Um, People seeking to enforce a restraint often just uh, rattle the sabre and and hope that you will agree to the six months in this case. Mm. Um, You know, I think 
a restraint across the whole of New Zealand saying that you won't have a business. That seems pretty broad to me. Uh, and your lawyer may well be right. Yep. Um, so, you know, don't don't agree to it if if that's not what you're being advised. Thanks right. very much, Gareth. Uh, Gareth is our regular lawyer here at uh, Newstalk ZB, specially specialising in employment with Mally and Co. But uh, we've just got to remember that the content of the segment is general in nature and is not legal advice. Any information discussed is not intended to be a substitute for obtaining specific professional advice and should not be relied upon as such. Gareth, thank you for joining us today. See you in a couple of weeks. Good to see thank you, you, mate. Thank you very much. Catch you again soon.